welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Podcast. Today we have Marla and Chris and Craig and Curie and Larry. Good to have everyone. Hope everyone's doing okay today. We're going to be talking about the 18th verse of the Tao Te Ching announcements. I know Amy is buying a house today, so she won't be here. Really? She couldn't break apart her day to come to the meeting? For real. You know, I'm, I'm offended. I have a resentment that she couldn't plan her house purchase for a time yeah. during the doubt. You know? Really? I can make up my birthday, then surely she could make it on a day by night. You did not go 90 seconds before Craig mentions his birthday. <laughs> Just before I start eating all this cake, and you're like, what's going on? I just want to make sure he's all up to speed. Well, happy birthday, Craig. Thank you very much. You made it another year. Yep. Despite all, um, despite everybody else's predictions, I made it. Despite the adversities. We have our Facebook group, Craig. Uh, fill us in on how we're doing there. Yep. So the Facebook page is there of understanding podcast facebook page 142 members we're doing we're doing not bad it's not an incredibly active group but it's good for resources we post we post this meeting into it um, and we post the link to the meeting as well so if you want to actually join the meeting if you want to join in with the conversation then you can join the group join the meeting it's four o'clock eastern on a thursday if anybody wants to comment on the meeting or if you've got anything you want to contribute, if you come up with some more wisdom that you know we've maybe missed, which is possible, um, you can post it into the chat and we'll we'll pick it up and we'll talk about it as well. So more than possible, it's highly likely. It's right? highly likely, yeah, yeah. Thank you. We still have our 9 p.m. Eastern open AA meeting every night, zoomaameetings.com. I have that link. Put that in the episode notes, or at least I put a link to buddyc.org where you can find that amongst a lot of other resources or recovery resources. So lots of good things there. The books that we talk about, I have those on homepage of buddyc.org and have a sign up if you would like to get a daily Dow recovery devotional, which uh, that is pushing me to write. You can sign up for that at buddyc.org as well, uh, up in the menu. Anything else we need to talk about or just get into our discussion today? The 18th verse of the Tao Te Ching. I'm going to read the Mitchell, McDonald, and Hogan translations. When the great Tao is forgotten, goodness and piety appear. When the body's intelligence declines, cleverness and knowledge step forth. When there is no peace in the family, filial piety begins. When the country falls into chaos, patriotism is born. MacDonald, 
When the great Tao is abandoned, charity and righteousness appear. When intellectualism arises, hypocrisy is close behind. When there is strife in the family unit, when there is strife in the family unit, people talk about brotherly love. When the country falls into chaos, politicians talk about patriotism. And Hogan, when people lose touch with Tao, they start talking about righteousness and sanctity. When people forget what's true, they start talking about self-evident truths. When people have no respect for one another, they start talking about political correctness and family values. When the nation is unstable, people start talking about patriotism. It's a little paradoxical to make a commentary. Um, When the great Tao is forgotten, kindness and morality arise. Well, when the great Tao is forgotten, your ego steps in. So how do kindness and morality arise when you're not in the Tao? I think it's a substitute, Marla. I think these are substitutes for the real thing. And these substitutes get greater and greater the further out and away we get from living this surrendered life. It's just more substitutes and more substitutes. Because with goodness and uh, the first level, when the Tao is forgotten, which I think of the Tao as self-giving love. When that's forgotten, the first thing is that we have goodness and and piety, which uh, is morality and charity and kindness and concern. Not quite as good as self-giving love, but it's a substitute. And then when that's forgotten, we move to cleverness and knowledge, like self-wisdom. And when we move past that, we've got brotherly love. You know, we start doing things because we're obligated. How many times have you had a family thing come up and you have you don't want to go to it, but you, you're obligated to go? It's not something you're doing out of love. You're doing it out of a, a family obligation. That happens all the time. Yeah, Passover Seder's coming up next Friday night. And my sister is um, Orthodox, so we don't start eating till the sun goes down uh, and then finish around midnight. I'm obligated to go. I can't back out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's painful. It's a painful night, but it's uh, I'm obligated. And then the final phase of that, they said, when the country falls into chaos, patriotism. So it, it falls back on the, even another layer of uh, of substitute. So all these are substitutes for the sincerity of living in the Tao. This is one of the few that don't end with, you know, a solution. It, it's it's a spiral outward. <laughs> it's giving, you know, this is what happens at first. You know, it's giving the, the meat at the first and it's slowly, you're losing it the further uh, down we go. Craig? It's, it's kind of almost like a warning. You know, this is the first stage. Of things going wrong, this is the next stage, and then that's a. It's um, we were talking earlier on today about the how it works. We're, we're reading the part of how it works, and we were talking about really have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed a path? I kind of see that as in part of this as well. 
They're saying, look, if you're not following the DAO, then this is what's going to start happening to it. Um, and then it goes on to give you suggestions to the steps. You know, these are these are these are suggested steps as to how we recovered. I think this is what we're seeing in this as well. Um, it's interesting to see why it, it mentions they start talking about this, that, and other. Um, am I right in saying that there's a disconnect from what we're actually, what we should be doing to what we're actually doing? We're not practicing the DAO. We're just talking about practicing the DAO. Yeah, would that be in a note I had was that we talk about beliefs and describing mm-hmm. it instead of discussing our experiences of it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like saying, I, I, would like, I would like to believe in this rather than just believing in it. Or just, just say, this is what I'm experiencing. It. Instead of yes. experiencing the Tao or, or experiencing uh, the transformations that come when we start acting our way into right thinking, you know, start doing the right things and then our lives change. Instead, we start talking about it. And I think that's the movement from trying to think our way into right acting and acting our way into right thinking. That idea that our beliefs are going to change our life rather than we taking the right action and then it changes what we believe. When the Tao is gone, we talk about shadows and substitute. Acting virtuous is not the same as being virtuous. See, these are actions that can look virtuous. Not that much different from last week when we were talking about either doing too much or not doing enough, you know, not finding the balance there. There's some virtuous acting with with those things as well. This was my interpretation to the 18th. I titled it Living from the Heart. When the way of sobriety, the way of love is abandoned in a life, actions are no longer from the heart. We find ourselves helping others because we're supposed to, not because we want to. We start wishing we no longer have to be honest. We pray less and attend fewer meetings. We become agitated at times for no apparent reason. We eventually become a shell of what we used to be, fear growing behind every action. We do not surrender again to this way of love, this way of sobriety. We're destined to drink. That is depressing. <laughs> <You wrote that? laughs> let's, reverse, let's reverse that one. Yeah. Let's play that one backwards like the country song. We're going to play that backwards. We're not even going to You end up getting your life back. Your wife comes back. Yeah, come on back. Yeah. But it's really true. It's a warning that and any of us can fall into this. You know, we can fall into this idea, and it's so easy to do. You know, and I, for me, I can do it in a particular relationship with a person, or I could do it. I could do it in parts. I could have a part of my life surrendered and where it needs to be, and be playing my part in another area of my life. And when I start seeing chaos and feel I'm doing things out of obligation when I really don't want to. That's when I need to pay attention because I'm headed away from the Tao when I'm doing that. It's almost as if we're doing what we want to do rather than doing the next right thing. Or, yeah, and Craig, also, too, that when we when we 
move from wanting to do to having to do. Mm-hmm. We we need to pay attention. These are all red flags. Yeah. Marla? Yeah, so, I mean, hearing you, I need, and, and I do know this, I need to move from having to do this torturous dinner to wanting to do it, right? And feeling good about it. If possible, yeah. It's possible. I know. Well, I'm going the opposite way. I used to enjoy it. Now I don't. (laughs) But you're right. You know, I I'm it's it's time to look at it a little differently so that I can manage. Well, let's talk about that. How do we return? We find ourselves in the spiral and we're losing our sincerity. First, we, it's great that we can notice it. We have to be able to see it because I used to never see that. But I'm noticing it. What do I do? Well, mm-hmm. for me, if I could find some gratitude, uh, grateful that I get to spend the time with my family and your situation, Marla, if you, that they want you there. <laughs> you know? I don't drink. Yeah. yeah. No, I, and I know all that. And my sister's a wonderful cook also. And I, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the time I spend yet again with my family. They're my whole social life right now. So I spend a lot of time with them. So but, can you not eat anything during the day at all? Oh, that doesn't matter. Okay. It's, you right. know, my bedtime is like I start winding down at 8 when we don't start eating until 8. So I'm like, but. I'll do. I'll take a nap during the, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, you could, you could, if you could find some gratitude. I have to. I have that, to. That, that gets me back in that direction. Yeah, because I feel really bad if I didn't go. You know, and my sister would feel really badly if I didn't go. And like badly enough, you know, that it would just hurt her feelings terribly. I'm not willing to do that. If I can find gratitude, that's where I can start. That's like I was taught when I do my amends to start it with something I'm grateful for in that person and start there. And if I start the amend with gratitude, he said, are you grateful for anything in the relationship? I said, yeah, there's a lot of things I'm grateful for. He said, well, start with that. Start with what you're grateful for. Sure. What you appreciate in her. I said, okay. And I did, and it worked out great. If I can do that, that starts to draw me back. And sometimes I just have to find some way to be of service in the situation. I've got friends that have uh, gotten squirrely at Christmas and they just get up and start helping with the dishes or going and playing with the kids, doing something to occupy themselves and cleaning up the dishes and all for the folks that were that were drinking and they said that, you know, I'm usually there drinking. What do I do? And they just got up and started helping. I was telling my story the other night to a group and it was a bunch of musicians. And one of the guys just did a show out in Las Vegas. And he said, you know, he said, he don't been sober six months. He said, I I was getting swirly. I just went over and helped uh, all the road crew put all the equipment up. He said, I just had to get busy doing something, not sitting around thinking about it. So sometimes it's the simplest of tasks that help us to just 
put some action, you know, to our uh, to our feet and get us out of our head. Sometimes it's just that simple. Any other ideas on returning? Doing the next right thing because we want to, not because we have to. I was doing something the other day and I realized I said I have to do this thing. I'm like, ooh, I don't have to. I need to find out why I'm having to now instead of wanting to. Didn't even realize I had made that shift. And I read this and thought about it. I said, oh, yes. It's so easy to move out of that uh, place of rest that we can be in. I'm thinking about the bleeding deacons that you get in the meetings. The ones that are quite happy to sit and judge and criticize others. Point the fingers and say you should be doing this, you should be doing that, rather than the people that actually offer help. So rather than sitting criticizing and judging people, you know, why aren't you offering to sponsor them? Why aren't you offering to help them? I think that we sometimes don't realize that where our salvation lies, where it's located. My peace and joy is in helping you. I forget that. I mean, it's not that I'm rewarded for helping you. It's that I am actually fed by helping you. Like, I believe that we're connected. And when I help you, I what I'm really doing, I'm really not helping you. It may appear that I'm helping you. You may think I'm helping you. But what I'm really doing is helping me. Because whatever I give is a mirror back. I just reflected back to me. So you've been tricking me for four years. I have. Sorry. All this time it's been about you and not me. It has. That's hard for people to get straight in their head, you know, because you'll hear people in a meeting talk about it being a selfish program. Yeah. But it's really a selfless program in my thinking, not selfish. Because the only way that I get fed is by helping you. Now, If I come to help you because I want something, like I love you with hooks, I do something and I'm hooking to get something back, that's not loving. That's down the list. That's probably down close to the bottom there, chaos. Because everyone that comes at me in a way different than with the way of the Tao, the way of true virtue, they're going to fall in one of these categories somewhere. And it's interesting how it says that one of the four translations said when the great Tao is abandoned. The other one says when people lose touch and two say when it's forgotten. So it's not something that is on purpose. I don't think if we we don't maintain this conscious awareness, I think it's a warning to us more than anything. We were talking about a few of us this morning, how quickly sometimes the, the, a relapse happens like, you know, one dude just, you know, he had like what 10 years of sobriety and one day he just decided to pick up a drink and it, you know, he forgot the Tao and it, it has detrimental consequences. You know, this is the thing, Marla, did it happen really that fast though? Or did he just think he was okay? And then, you know what I mean? That he forgot it. There's all kinds of reasons why people believe, you know, have relapses or whatever. He didn't really get into that. But, I mean, to to him, 
he made a decision right then and there to pick up a drink. And that was his, that's how he explained it. He didn't mention anything working up to it, but I think he thought that he had it. You know, he's like, I got this. <laughs> yeah. We know how funny that is. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever have it. But it, it took, a, you know, a few tri- takes to get to that. Get and now as I'm running my life, it's like I realize I don't, I don't got anything. The, the, real, the minute I realize, I, the minute I think I have something, I don't have it anymore. Yeah, one of those phases was knowledge, wasn't it? Cleverness and knowledge. Here's a quote. If you have nothing to ask for in your mind, that state of mind is called the Tao. That reminds me of, of what I learned in Zen meditation that there's really nothing for me to ask for. There's nothing for me to attain. There's just awareness of what already is. You know, that I already have everything. I just can't, I just don't see it. I just don't know it. Right. It's about knowing. It's not about learning that's why in the second step it talks about being restored to sanity somewhere you've already been and you've just forgotten it like these verses say we forgot it we've lost touch or we've taken it for granted i think that's why we've got to craig continue to do that 11th step is so important every day is improving that conscious contact with what is and just doing that on a daily basis with everything. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah, it's, you got to do it through and through. Yes. What is the 11th step? I don't have my my book. Salt through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will and the power to carry that out. But this is the thing, praying only for the knowledge of his will, you could say, and the power to carry that out. I used to think that said, I'm praying for the will of God in my life. God, have your will in my life. That's how I used to think that, what I thought that said. But the further I go, the more I realize that this virtue that's happening all around me, this force that's going on of life that's moving is happening. I just can't see it. And what I'm asking here is let me see what is really happening around me. That's already happening, whether I'm seeing it or not. And let me be aware so I can do what we learn that I can stand on what is already moving, that I can see where things are going and go there. Instead of pushing against everything and fighting and kicking and screaming. And what do I do? How do I do that? I just follow love. If I follow what's where compassion and kindness, if I can't follow that, how about acceptance? Let's just start there. Accepting what is. One day I was reading somebody, I was reading something and someone was talking about the Tao's about balance and all these things. It says the Tao Te Ching, the, the book of virtue, not the book of balance. And then I started looking for all the ways that the Tao talks about virtue and how virtue works through this thing. 
the Tao doesn't take sides, but it's always on the side of the one who forgives. And these things, you know, and I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. There's a way of virtue that works in my life. And then I read, read the Zen teachers that talk about, you know, when you sit, when you get rid of your selfishness and your fear, that's all that's left is compassion. Joko Beck talks about that almost constantly in her books. Then all these other teachers I've listened to, they've all said, all say the same thing. That loving kindness is what's there when we get rid of our selfishness and our dishonesty and our resentment and our fear, our fear, basically. Like, hmm, okay. That makes sense. So each of these, to me, appear to be, if you get away from the, the center of the Tao, if you're thinking about it like a wheel, the further out, out the spokes you get, each of these descriptions would be a little more self, a little more self to try to keep things moving. You know, when you should be in the center there with the Tao. And all of these are self, just ways that self can um, can substitute for the real thing. Hmm. I think Wayne Dyer called this loving, uh, learning to live without rules. That was part of his thing on this. You know, we use the alcohol for a substitute as well. When we lose the Tao, we start talking about what we do not have. We start performing and eventually resenting. Hmm. We start complaining. I started complaining when I was a kid, when one of my siblings would take a toy away or something. That's just part of our DNA to complain. Yeah, but, you know, we're finding this better way to live, though, Marla. If we start, if we find ourselves complaining rather, you know, moving away, that's how I, that's how I move away. Because we're talking about the substitute now. We're complaining. We're not grateful for what we have. Instead, we're just thinking about what we don't have. Complaining's not really accepting, is it? No, it's not. No, no it's not. I have nothing to complain about right now. See, you're in the Tao, Marla. Congratulations. There's the compare thing, too, there. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Chris. Yes, it's the comparison. Yeah. We describe. We talk about belief instead of experience. Yeah. You know, I think about um, in the back of the book, the the big book he's pulled out a second ago, back in 421. You know, serenity is in direct proportion to my acceptance. I I sure do like my serenity when I can get my fingers on it. And that acceptance, you know, I understand it's in direct proportion to that. So the more that I can accept, the more serene I find myself. So, yeah, this all does really tie together very, very well. Thank you, Larry. Two tools I use a lot for acceptance. Actually, I learned both of them from, uh, from my Zen folks. Uh, one is, uh, I would not change whatever it is I'm having difficulty accepting. I would not change whatever that is, even if I could. And use that like we use 552, you know, that we say it even though we don't mean it and it's empty words, you know, do it anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I keep doing that. And the second one I use, uh, is an old Buddhist uh, teaching uh, I heard from Stephen Mitchell about 
a Buddhist teacher, Sono was her name, and a, a gentleman came to her and said, everyone makes me angry. What can I do about it? She said, well, no matter what happens, good, bad, does not matter. Say, thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever, no matter what happens. He said, okay, I'll do it. So he went an entire year and did this. Came back to see her and said, nothing's changed. Everyone still makes me as mad as they always did. And I've done this exactly like you said. She looked at him and said, thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. (laughs) And he got it because it's not about changing them. It's about changing him. Yes. those uh, Those two are what I use the most. If I can bring myself to, I would not change them even if I could. Thank you for whatever their behavior is that's bothering me. Thank you for that. You know, just say thank you to what is. You know, it doesn't have to be a gray-haired guy in the sky. You know, thank you for whatever's going on. I, I just show gratitude. And that changes me. Changes me. Good stuff, guys. Any other comments before we close? We're going to close early today. Oh, Chris. Well, I just like to share one thing that I that I use, and this is a great opportunity. <laughs> we see things not as they are, but as we are. And I use that a lot. Um, yeah. So anyway. So you remind yourself when you're in an unacceptable situation. You remind yourself that you're not seeing this clearly. Right. It's um, me. It's my view of things. Yeah. It's creating a situation, not the situation itself or the thing itself. Right. I've yeah. come to realize that it's my attitude that I bring to a situation or my projection or view on the situation that's really reflected back to me. So that's good. Thank you. You know, and that, that can get us right back to that place of acceptance, that place of love that we've uh, just drifted away from. So easy for that to happen. That's good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, if there's nothing else, we will call it there and I will see you guys next week. Thank you. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.